Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. This week's episode had its origins when some listeners contacted us about making their own podcast and what was involved. So we recorded that interview, and we figured we would share that with our other listeners who might be interested in doing similar things. We'll speak with Terry and Greg Thrower, whose questions went way beyond the mechanics and into many interesting facets of running a podcast. This week's episode contains our answers to their questions. But first, for our tip of the week, this week's tip is... Because the equipment you need to do a podcast is easily available and affordable, many people are capable of creating their own podcasts. I mean, the equipment these days is very affordable to do it from your home. You know, you get a simple mixer, a couple of relatively inexpensive microphones and a computer and you're set. And, you know, having your own website doesn't cost that much these days. You know, for 10 bucks or less a month, you can have your own website and it's a very reachable thing to do for an individual these days. And if you listen to the rest of this show, you'll learn just what's involved. Support for Eyes on Success is made possible by Logan Tech, makers of the electronic Take Anywhere 6-dot Braille label maker that produces crisp, clear Braille that strikes, scores, and cuts in seconds. More information on our family of devices and products is at logantech.com. Logan Tech, improving quality of life with technology. Let's start by meeting Terry and Greg. So my name is Terry Thrower. I am a person who is legally blind and has a physical disability. And I got my PhD in disability studies a couple years ago. But I realized I didn't want to become a professor. I have been interested in sort of enhancing or expanding normal in a way for people with disabilities. But recently, I've also started to include people who are aging or in their uh, retirement years. And what I mean by that is what I want to do is create a podcast or a radio program that introduces the world to more stories and more people that have disabilities and are also aging, and maybe those intersections as well. And I am Greg Thrower. I am Terry's husband. And um, I have just recently retired from Abbott Laboratories. And I have a bachelor's degree in business administration. Does either of you have prior experience in radio or podcasting? Terry and I did a radio show in Fairbanks, Alaska. It was a, a music show, and it was much along the lines of Ed McDonald's show, but ours was dealing with light jazz and new age music instead of more folk-oriented stuff. So we've done radio before, and where I'm coming into this is I'm considering getting a master's in gerontology, and Together, we're trying to build a team where we can interview people that 
are in the third trimester of their life and or people with disabilities trying to to go ahead and establish a life in a world that that uh, poses challenges to those who are either older or have limitations of whatever. Challenges that don't get talked about very much in the media. And those are very much the reasons we kind of accidentally got into doing this radio show podcast was we're both retired and, you know, we figured it's time to give back a little bit. I've been blind all my life. Nancy is sighted, but we know a lot about being blind, living with blindness, technologies for the visually impaired, and we figured this is an opportunity to share that information with people around the world. And so we are very enthusiastic about answering any of your questions that you have for us because you contacted us asking us about putting together a podcast and there's so much information that people can benefit from that we encourage anybody who wants to disseminate any of it. Fantastic. Thank you. That that is great. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 As indicated, this week's focus topic will be Terry and Greg's interview of us about Eyes on Success and about what is involved in starting a podcast. So let's get right into this. You both contacted us a while back, as Nancy stated, to figure out what are the ins and outs of doing a podcast and looking for suggestions. What are the first questions that you came across? Can you make money at it? <laughs> we do not. <laughs> we do uh, sometimes have sponsors and we are very grateful to our sponsors and we have spent some of their money on new microphones, a new portable digital audio recorder and other equipment. We pay some of our web hosting fees with it, but I would not say this is a money-making endeavor. It's a good thing we're retired. <laughs> And so the question I had about that is, had you considered making it a formal nonprofit organization or just it, this is a labor of love for both of you? A labor of love. And, and as you said, Pete, it's a way to give back to society. For us, it's mostly a labor of love and a way of giving back. The fact that we do get some contributions from, you know, a PayPal button on our site or through people wanting to support us with promotional announcements for their organization or resources they offer, you know, that kind of indicates to us that it's appreciated by people and that it's useful. But um, mostly, as I said, it's a, it's a labor of love. Uh, we did briefly think about making it a nonprofit, but, you know, there's a lot of overhead to that and paperwork and, you know, we're doing enough work for this already and I, I didn't see it as a real advantage. Not to mention the legal fees. Right. So I do have a question. Pete, for being blind, those are really snazzy looking glasses you're wearing. <laughs> so actually, you know, that's confusing. I had partial vision until I went to graduate school. I could maybe read a book holding it a couple of inches from my nose. And then I progressively lost all my vision. So these days I only have light sensitivity. But I learned early on, I don't blink when I walk into things. And I had the experience of scratching my cornea. So I wear the glasses for protection. But it does confuse people when I walk around with glasses and have a cane. And they don't know what to think about that. 
And the reason they're snazzy looking is that we both take pride in what each of us looks like. And so we go to the fancy eyeglasses store in town and everybody snickers about, you know, how much these eyeglasses cost and he can't see anything through them and they don't even have a prescription, but they do look good. Yeah, they do. I, I want to commend you. You know, you look really snazzy. <laughs> well, I, I do take care about my appearance because, you know, appearance means a lot to people. First impressions and when you're meeting people who are sighted, which is most of the world. That's right. When we first met 23 years ago, Terry could see. She had some limited vision, but she nonetheless was able to drive. And so what we've seen is her vision continually deteriorate over the last 23 years to the point that she uses a guide dog. She has very limited vision. And what happened just recently is she had spinal cord compression that required spinal surgery, complete fusion of her cervical spine, which further limits her ability to move her neck, which in effect further limits her fields of vision. And yet she was able to complete her PhD throughout all of this. So now we're looking for another challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's plenty of challenges out there. <laughs> and then that becomes the issue. So one of the challenges that we've discussed is the radio show. For you guys, would you have done it any other way? I mean, do you love doing this so much? And Pete, the musical um, intros, outros that, that you do, um, that also is part of your personality and shows your ability to, to create. Is this so enjoyable to you that you're going to continue doing it for years to come? Oh, at this point, we see no end in sight. When we first got started, we were dubious that we would be able to come up with enough ideas to keep the show going for six months. And so we did our first retrospective at the end of six months, because even then we weren't so sure we'd make it till the end of the year. And that was six years ago. And now we have so many ideas and so many great topics we want to cover. We just see no end in sight. And, you know, as we got into it, we just became more and more passionate about it. And now we do all the um, hosting and producing and all of that work at home. And one of the nice things, I think, is that, you know, we get to meet very interesting people around the world. With Skype, you can talk to people any place these days, and we have. And it's just great to be able to share these stories with other people who may think, geez, blindness is the end of the world. What can I do that I'm blind? And to share these stories and new technologies with other people it's been very rewarding, and we get some very good comments, which make us feel good. You know, getting back to your concept about doing a podcast about people with disabilities more generally, you know, I think that's a great idea. And I've thought sometimes of expanding our reach in terms of doing that. But frankly, we're so loaded up with ideas focused on visual impairments that, you know, we just don't have the bandwidth to do more. But if you started from scratch with a wider audience, you might be able to reach more people and, you know, a more diverse set of people. Although we do sometimes discuss combinations of disabilities. So we've done a number of shows on people who are both blind and deaf and whether it's adaptive technology for that population or it's things that those people have achieved 
or we did an episode. What are the special considerations for selecting a hearing aid if you're also blind? We did an episode with theater breaking through barriers where they have actors with all sorts of disabilities, but pretty much we focus on the visual impairments and other print disabilities because we did get our start through the radio reading service, and you're not eligible for that if you don't have a print disability. Right. Well, and I wanted to um, go back to your audience a little bit and ask you about kind of the feedback loops or the community that you have and and how that works to either influence the shows that you do or not. Can you guys talk about that? Well, we have a lot of opportunities for people to submit comments or otherwise contact us. We've got a Facebook page. We have a Twitter feed. We even have an audio boom feed, which hardly anybody knows what that is, but it's sort of like YouTube and audio. But in addition, we set up two Google groups. So these are mailing lists, and one of them only we can post to it. So every week we post the summary, the title, and links to both the audio and the accompanying show notes for each episode. And maybe a couple times a year we'll post some other announcement. And the other Google group that we have is explicitly geared to interaction. And there's hundreds of people who are on each of these things. And within that, there's a subset of people, maybe a couple dozen, who are active in this discussion group. And sometimes, you know, we'll have an episode and it's got some content that makes people think of something they want to add. And we'll get a little flurry of conversation going among our listeners. And, and that's pretty cool. You know, people share their own experiences that are relevant to whatever we talked about on the show. And we'll have some information near the end of this episode to tell you how to subscribe to those lists if you'd like to. Have you ever thought about having live interaction instead of recording a multiplicity of tracks and pasting them together with audacity? Have you ever thought of, or is there any provision for you to have live people calling into the show and interacting with you? You know, funny you should ask that. My original thought was that we ought to do an interactive show. But when we started out at the radio reading service, they said, no, we really want something we can air each week that is produced in the studio. And to some extent, you know, it might be less work in terms of you don't have to edit and, you know, do all that extra post-production work. But um, I don't see us going that route. I mean, what we aim for, I think there's a couple of things that makes our show kind of unique the way it is. And one is, you know, you listen to podcasts in general, and sometimes they can ramble on with a lot of space and a lot of extraneous information and back and forth speech. Being constrained to half an hour, we really have to be very conscious about being information dense and cutting out all the extraneous stuff. And I think that's a benefit to our listeners and one thing that makes the show as popular as it is. In fact, we spend a lot of time listening to National Public Radio, and we used to just listen for the content because they have great content. Now we listen for the content, and in addition, we listen to how do they piece their articles together. And if I ever hear, whether it's the host or the guest, 
muttering and mumbling and and stammering and wasting many seconds i'm like if that were on eyes on success that would be gone Mm -hmm. because we feel like we have the choice we can either leave in the garbage and then we have to cut out content or we can do the opposite so the garbage is pretty much gone but it takes a lot of work to do that yeah your limits to a half an hour program that is set by the radio reading service question mark. And along with that, has anyone ever suggested or offered that you do two 30-minute sessions back-to-back? Well, in fact, yes, to your first question is that's why we're limited to 30 minutes is because one thing that's unique about our show, I think, is that it airs through a lot of radio reading services. So we get many listeners that way, but we also make it available as a podcast. As a podcast, you wouldn't need an upper limit. You could just, you know, however long the show worked out to be, you could just air it that way. But it's the 30-minute constraint to fit into someone's program schedule that keeps us to the 30 minutes. And the answer to your other question is also yes, that people have asked for an entire hour block. So some radio reading services schedule by the half hour, but some of them schedule only in integer numbers of hours. And there are several radio reading services that we're aware of who want to air our show. And so they'll air this week's show for the half hour. And the second half hour, they'll air maybe last year's show from the same week. And so they fill the hour. But, you know, we already put plenty of work into the first half hour. If we were to double that, it would just be, you know, twice as much work. Right. Understood. Understood completely. So this actually brings up one more piece of advice. You didn't ask anything about this, but because we pre-record, you know, we release one a week, but that doesn't mean that we're recording them like clockwork, one every week. And so we just came back from a three and a half week trip. Before we left, we prepped shows through two weeks after we got home so we wouldn't be in a panic when we got home. And so we can stockpile shows and then release them once a week. And we like to always be three weeks ahead just in case something happens whether we leave town or whatever cause it is, so that we don't run into a pinch where some Wednesday comes along and we don't have a show ready to air. Yeah, you know, we listened to the episode 1352 about uh, your process and editing and the tools you use, but I don't know if I heard you say how much time you actually spend per episode doing all the work. I think between us, we average about 25 hours a week for a half-hour episode. Okay, okay. Good to know. Yeah, we can relate. When you were doing the music show in uh, Alaska, it would take us, and that was easy, right? Because it was the two- or three-hour show, but it was more music, programming, queue-up, and PSAs. And it would take us uh, 12 to 15 hours just to prep for that. Yeah. Right. And some of the time is, you know, it takes time to find the people to interview, to set up the interview, schedule it. The website takes some work now and then to post the shows, to reorganize the website, to program up new things. So, you know, there's there's a whole lot of ancillary work that people don't realize goes on. 
Since doing this interview, by the way, we were moving out to Colorado across country from New York, and we've actually done some encore shows where we took some old shows that were some of our favorites or most popular, and we posted them to fill in the time when we were otherwise busy. And even that took some time, though, just to get those shows reorganized and make sure they were the right length, get them on the website. So there's always a little bit of work to do. It's, it isn't a turnkey process. So I guess I want to know, if you had it to do over again, would you do anything differently? If you were starting Eyes on Success now? You know, <laughs> we've said this in several prior episodes, because every once in a while we do a retrospective, we are very grateful to the listening audience of WXXI Reach Out Radio, because they've been receiving this show every Wednesday at 5 p.m. and repeated every Sunday at 5 p.m. since the first week in January of 2011. And you know, at the beginning, we maybe weren't as professional as we think we are now. And they've been there listening while we got our feet wet and while we got used to what we were doing. And we did actually make a couple of sample episodes before we started broadcasting just to make sure that it was tolerable. But those people have been listening all along. And, and having that as a way to get started before we started really with the podcast and before it started getting distributed to other radio reading services and before it got distributed to the streaming services, that was great. You know, we had a real audience and we got some feedback and we appreciate that tremendously. And the show's just kind of evolved based on feedback from our listeners, encouragement from Ruth Finney, who is the director of WXXI Reach Out Radio. She gave us a lot of advice in the first year or two. And, you know, we're still open to change as, as the show goes forward. Okay, very, very interesting. This is all fantastic, guys. I am so appreciative of how you spending the time to talk to us. Me too. I have one final question. What advice would you give us as we move forward, if we move forward? <laughs> I think the biggest thing is to follow your own genuine interests. And of course, you'll get input from other people saying, hey, can you talk about this? Can you talk about that? But it, it's it got to be something that you're really passionate about and something that hopefully you're knowledgeable about, mm -hmm. although one can always learn stuff. And although we've done a retrospective in which we talked about the nuts and bolts of how we put together each episode, starting with finding a topic and a person to talk with about that all the way through to maintaining the website. And if you want to listen to that, it's episode 1352. My biggest advice is edit, 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 and make sure you put out a quality product. So I actually have some pragmatic advice. I mean, one thing is, if you want to reach people and have a real good footprint, you need to have a website where people can find out more information about the show, find out downloads. I mean, I've programmed up our site to have a little search field on there so people can look for shows of interest by how we tag them. So I think a website is very important. And along with that is the social media. So in terms of Facebook and Twitter, that we find that very helpful in getting the word out. We tweet to 
people and organizations that we interview and they retweet and all of a sudden the show will go viral. And along with that suggestion is we made the mistake early on of just picking a name that sounded neat. The show was originally called Viewpoints in the early days. And it turned out that there was some radio program someplace in the middle of the country that had that name trademarked. And we asked if we could use it once we found that out. And they said, no, we want you to change the name. So next time when we changed the name, we went through probably a couple hundred names to make sure the URL for the website was available, to make sure the Facebook name was available, the Twitter name, and to make sure that it wasn't trademarked. So you can go to the U.S. Trademark Office and look up what names are trademarked. And you don't want to run into problems after having the show for a few years. And that's USPTO.gov for the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Got it. Thank, Thank you. you. Now for this week's final item, how you can participate more actively in Eyes on Success and how to find even more pearls of wisdom from us. So Pete, you mentioned during the interview that we have a couple of Google groups. Can you tell everybody how they can join those groups? So the first group is a low traffic list that is just our weekly announcements that we send out to our listeners. And you can join that and receive weekly announcements by sending an email to eyes on success, followed by the plus sign, followed by the word subscribe, and then at googlegroups.com. So it's eyes on success plus subscribe at googlegroups.com. And then the other forum we have is a forum where you can post thoughts about what you've heard on the show, share your thoughts with other listeners, and connect with other people. And to join that forum, be able to post your own notes, you send an email to eos underscore discuss, followed by the plus sign, followed by subscribe at googlegroups.com. So it's eos underscore discuss plus subscribe at googlegroups.com. Now, of course, in addition, you can visit our website, our Facebook page, our Twitter feed, and our Audio Boom page. And how to do that is described by our synthesized friend, Samantha, at the end of every episode. In addition, we mentioned that we had done several retrospectives and other episodes of Eyes on Success in which we discussed one aspect or another of how the show got started, how we produce the show, how you can get the most out of the show, etc. And we will have links to all of those in the show notes for this show. So be sure to check out those show notes. We have show notes for every episode for information that you might have missed in the audio, and you can find it all right there. That's it for show number 1737. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about accessible trails and blind birding. We'll be speaking with Jerry Barrier, a blind outdoors enthusiast, and Lucy Gertz of the Massachusetts Audubon Society about a series of trails that they have been heavily involved in designing and getting built 
for people with various levels of abilities, and that includes the able-bodied as well as people with visual impairments, physical disabilities, young people, the elderly, etc. And of course, one of the things you might want to do when you're out in the woods is find birds to see or listen to, and they are both heavily involved in that as well. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs, find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts, and much more at www.tiesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes, follow us on Facebook and on Audioboom.com, at Eyes on Success, or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.